0: At that stage, I was like, can I do this? Um, and there was a lot of anxiety making a career change from dabbling in technology to say, okay, I'm making technology my career.
1: What's up everybody. Welcome back to Awesomeings podcast where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning back into this episode of the Awesome Inc. Podcast. I am, uh, again, I haven't said it in a while, but I'm actually really excited for this conversation. I'm getting to sit around one of the only original G's, yes, not original gangster, but original Gary's uh, of, of the Awesome Inc. community. He was someone I met when I joined the team a handful of years ago, about four years, actually. It's kind of weird to think about. I met you in a cabin in Gatlinburg for our summer retreat, and we were partners for something. And I was uh, I was a bit over the top, and you were like, "Dude, calm down."
0: <laughs> uh, we have different personalities. We we
1: do we do. <laughs> you'll you'll you can quickly tell that Gary is crazy extroverted, and I'm very introverted. I'm but, very loud. <laughs> you're very loud. And again, I, what I've known about you, Gary, is you have this allure to you that you're this mysterious guy that you can do, again do a little bit of everything from from code to lead. You're a crazy fitness guy, from what I know. You can like run literal miles around people, which is really impressive. And um, I feel like every time we have spoken in the last four years, you're you're on to the next thing, the next startup. You're working at the next startup. You're you're building your own product, which is really cool. So. If uh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the ball over to you here in a second. We'd we'll love to hear um your background that led you up to the Austin awesome boot camp. So like, I can know some fitness stuff all around the country, but uh give us the journey from where you were to the off awesome Bootcamp, boot camp, I believe, in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen.
0: Yeah. Well it was you know, a really long journey, because I was 37 or 38. I can't remember exactly. So I wasn't exactly young going into the boot camp when I made that decision. But yeah, as you mentioned, you know, fitness is my background. Um, I say fitness, and I think of like fitness influencer, but you know, like, just to, (laughs) (laughs) which I was not by any means. But my background, um, educationally is in exercise physiology um, I came to Kentucky from Nebraska um, to pursue a career in uh, strength and conditioning. So I got my master's degree in kinesiology and health promotion, and I worked as a volunteer grad assistant for men's and women's swimming and men's soccer as a strength coach at UK. Um, I realized pretty quickly, like I love all things, more sports and fitness, but Um, I realized pretty quickly that that career wasn't exactly for me. And at the same time, I was already building and starting to get into like building websites. So this would have been 2002, 2003 timeframe. And I realized that in order to kind of expand my capacity or ability to impact people, uh, the web was, you know, a way to do that. And so I launched my very first kind of fitness website in 2003. It was a little bit of a journey to get there and I ended up you know, just building it myself. It took a long time. I had to kind of figure things out myself. Um, but I still at that time was focused on a career in health. Um, and my first job at a graduate school was in public health. And I worked on this thing uh, called Steps to a Healthier U.S. And so we f- focused specifically on obesity, diabetes, et cetera. But even there, I found myself building the website for the program, you know, in Colorado, where I was working at the time. And so I just kind of always been this person, someone came to um, for technical help, or, you know, this was 2005. So just leading kind of in that technical side. And I realized that, you know, more and more of my time was spent uh, building things on the web than it was, you know, coaching people. And so I've you know, I guess the genesis of all this is I've always tried to marry those two. So my health and behavior desires to help people live better lives. And so kind of my mission still today is like, I hope to help people live happier and healthier lives by any means necessary. But specifically using technology is kind of a tool that has helped me. Do. So jumping forward some years, I joined a startup in Chicago, um, that was focused on delivering, um, obesity support, but via Skype. And, you know, we used Fitbits and all kinds of data collection. And this was 2012. Um, I was there for five years and it was actually towards the end of that. I was working as a product manager, um, and a data analyst at Retrofit. And I just kind of had, you know, the ability to be a good product manager, because I understood the domain and stuff, but I actually lacked still a little bit of technical skills. And so the CTO actually, you know, we were pretty close and worked together every day. And he came to me at one point and, you know, he was saying, Hey, you're a good product manager, but you know, you're limited. He said, you know, at the time I was actually programming. So I was, you know, programming in Python and R and, Um, new HTML and CSS and, but real basic surface level. And um, he said, you know, to be a great product manager, you probably need to improve your skills. So I took his advice to heart um, and that was in 2016. It was kind of the perfect timing for me. I had been at that startup for four and a half years. Um, And so I quit and joined the bootcamp because they just were launching that bootcamp. And so that's how I got to the bootcamp.
1: Right on. That's cool. That's cool. I, I mean, it's funny. I, I obviously I have some things I want to talk to you about as you are give me background and information that maybe I didn't know my natural instinct is to say, let's go off this tangent. I'm going to ask one question. What, what is a hot take on modern health that most people have wrong from your background? Could be, could be exercise related, could be diet related, could be whatever.
0: I, I think the easiest one is that there's one diet for everyone. So the diet world or the nutrition world is just full of just a ton of garbage as you know, we probably all know, but then there's, there's like a religious fever around some of these diets and, you know, it may work for one person and they are like, Hey, keto worked for me. And it may have worked for them, but it doesn't mean it works for everyone. And so the, the one diet for all is, you know, I think just really bad device. It uh, just doesn't work. Yeah, I
1: get that. Yeah. A couple of my buddies, we uh, we laugh at Liver King and some of these other guys. We were like, this is ridiculous. You eat raw meat, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna go to that can that open that can of worms and go down there. But we saw that and we're like, this is <laughs> this is wild. Um, yeah. Okay. Now back to back to the conversation. So again, you 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 were here in Kentucky. You you left this this startup and you applied to the boot camp. So what was it that attracted you to? Hey, I'm gonna be I'm going to be a guinea pig in this in this brand new program. Like I'm, I'm going to try and, and improve. Walk me through how all of that started. How how did you even hear of Austin Mink, and and the boot camp? What was all that back like again? Almost a decade ago at this point.
0: Um, so let me answer the first question about the boot camp okay. first. Um, to be honest, there were two things that allowed me the confidence to join the boot camp. One is they had like a job guarantee. (laughs) And so I knew, okay, (laughs) yeah. So I knew like, okay, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to take, I actually took three months off before the boot camp too. So, you know, I was committing to six months of, uh, well, I worked part-time, but for the most part, I, you know, got rid of my full-time salary. Um, So I knew that there was a six-month period I was committing, but worst case scenario, you know, I had a little bit of time after that, but, you know, it wouldn't be too bad. Um, so that was part of the thing that helped me make the jump. The other is, and you could probably respect this. Uh, I knew Nick such, I trusted Nick such. And so, um, knowing he was kind of leading the charge on that effort gave me just confidence at the time.
1: I tell Nick such very frequently and the people on our team, if I ever did anything to actually make Nick upset, I would quit that same day he's, he's the best guy. Yeah. And you know, word of mouth marketing and the people we trust have so much sway. So yeah, that's, that's really cool to hear.
0: Yeah. And so I had, I mean, so to answer the second, how did I hear about Awesome Inc Um, I think initially in the very beginning, I heard about Awesome Mink because of Nick, um, he had this thing he was a part of called bike Kentucky or it's something similar to that. I bought a t-shirt from it. And, um, I, so I heard about him and then, tangentially about Awesome Inc. Where I really became involved was in 2012. Um, a, a person I know, you know, I'd written a book about startups, um, and Awesome Inc brought him in to do a book, you know, part of his book tour to do a speaking gig. And so I came to watch his talk that night. Um, that was a, like real first pro- like program I participated in. And then, I met with Nick again because he's the only one I knew here at the time, uh, a few weeks later. And I just asked him like, what can I do to get involved? And then he kind of shared different programs that were going on at the time. And so I kind of participated in many programs at that point.
1: Right on. And is Brad Feld? It is. Yeah. I think
0: it was startup communities at the time.
1: That was one of the first books I read, um, post-college. So really? Yeah. Super cool.
0: Yeah. You know. You know all the principles that he puts out in that book. You know, Awesome Inc. lives into many of them, right? Being entrepreneur led, you know, et cetera, et
1: cetera. I yeah, appreciate that. And I yeah. think also one of th- one of the cool things we have we have a different perspective than maybe people who have not a worked on the Awesome Inc. team or even worked at a startup or maybe have gone through some program, you know, like the boot camp or an accelerator incubator. But it is cool to see people that have been around for not not uh, not a number of years, not three or four, but. Hey, we're past the decade mark. And we're, we're going on that, that 20 year vision, you know, that Brad says in the book of, you know, a healthy startup community takes about 20 years and you reset that calendar or that clock every single day. So. Yeah. Now that you say a decade,
0: I guess 2012 was a decade. Yeah. that's pretty. (laughs) I just
1: thought of that. Yeah. I hadn't
0: really realized that. I think, you know, it's kind of funny because awesome Inc has evolved over time too. And so programs have Mm -hmm. evolved, um, and you know, I think the very first actual program I participated in was like a weekend is either one or two day course on iPhone development.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, those were a hit way back then. Man, yeah.
0: that's cool to hear. And I really didn't want to do iPhone development, but okay. I wanted to do a program, sure. and so I participated in that. And then you know, yeah, I never built an app on iPhone um, using Swift or any of that stuff. Uh, I have since built. Using React Native. Gotcha. Yeah. After the (laughs)
1: bootcamp. After. Well, that's after I learned React. (laughs) (laughs) After the bootcamp. Huge thing we do nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. So we're we're gonna fast forward a little bit. Yeah. After the bootcamp, you co-founded a company, Upper 90, I believe. What was your intention to? Again, you mentioned you were with, um, you were with Retrofit before the bootcamp. Bootcamp. yeah. What was your intention from learning to code now to start your own company?
0: Um silliness maybe i don't know like, i like that i've never gotten that before be, being a naive person no i mean i've always been an entrepreneur like even before i joined retrofit i was you know self-employed and had a company Endurance Base camp that um i ran you know for many years just you know by myself but um upper 90 actually did evolve out of the boot camp so there was another boot camp um participant thomas cothran Um uh, who he and I just over the boot camp you know had many conversations you know over lunch and sandwiches and stuff and his brother maybe somewhat ironically um, was working with the men's soccer team at UK at the time as a grad student and he had built this like wellness tracking application that the soccer team was using Thomas built upon that in the boot camp and so when we finished um you know, we both looked at like other jobs and possibilities, but mm-hmm. you know, we both had entrepreneurial kind of spirits. And so we're like, could we take this thing? We called it Pi Coach. Could we take this thing and build a business out of it? Um, and so that was the initial effort. And so Upper 90 did that. And then ultimately Thomas and I and John started another company called Venture Tech. And Venture Tech was a little more consulting. So we tried to focus on three areas, law, health, and fitness. Um, Thomas was a former lawyer um, prior to the bootcamp. Uh, and we did consulting, so we helped other people build applications. Um, and that went really well, and we had, you know, we ended up building that agency maybe too good because we had some customers that got really big. Um, and then we ultimately became employees of some of those businesses.
1: That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. And again, just to, to keep on with what you just said about a couple of your other companies over the last decade. I mentioned this a few minutes ago. You've continued to to want to be a coach, and you've also bounced around the startup space. You've worked with the, the guys at Zone Tracks when we uh, we pitched at the the Lexington Legend Stadium a couple of years ago. You have done a lot. I believe with, with Moolathon and, and Mac and another one of our fellowship companies, and uh, with with Vivid Charts here in Lexington. You you've had a lot. Talk talk about like the fun, but also like the the lessons you've learned about being an entrepreneur and bouncing around and, you know, you work here, then, okay, okay cool. I'm on, I'm on to the next thing or, Hey, I was working at this company, but this new thing really enticed me. And I wanted to go there because, well, yeah, we're just all to hear some more of the, the Gary Deech story of the last decade.
0: Yeah. Bouncing around sounds like I can't commit. Yeah. I definitely don't want that. You definitely do commit. <laughs> no, it, no, it, I think that's true in the, the startup world for sure. Especially. Okay. So let's, let's, maybe classify like what we mean when we say startup that's great so you know there's this startup when there it's like an idea and then we're trying to like even understand if there's a valid idea like we're not even thinking about product market fit like we're just like there's an idea and like can this maybe generate a few dollars um and then there's okay we've raised you know 10 million dollars and you know we've maybe have a product. We maybe haven't found product market fit, but, you know, we're kind of at that stage. And then there's, you know, startups that are like, you know, multiple rounds and they actually have product market fit and they're trying to scale and grow. And so what I would say is like, I live in that first world a ton. So Peter um, Thiel calls it, you know, zero to one, I think is his book. Right. And it's been years since I read it, but the taking, taking something from nothing to one is uh, kind of where I fit. It's what I enjoy, but the reality is it's also super tough because getting from zero to one is much more difficult than going from like one to 10, in my opinion. Um, and so the, just the nature of that, a lot of times you unvalidate ideas pretty quickly. Um, and so zero doesn't go to one. And so like you go find the next zero, um, I would say, you know, uh, Vividcharts, where I'm at now, um, is a little bit different. Like they had validated the idea um, much more than some of the other places and things I've done. And so that was a little bit comforting to me. And so when I joined and, you know, they were at a space where they wanted to go one to 10 was actually pretty exciting um, for me.
1: One thing that you mentioned, I don't hear people... Often acknowledge is you know your skill set pretty well. I, hey, I'm the guy that goes from the zero to one phase. I help I help a company or an idea get off the ground to its its first iteration, to its first sales, to the, the first product market fit test. How did you find that out? That that that, that specifically was where you excelled. Um maybe by chance,
0: maybe it, I, I think it's I understood. Some of my past colleagues may say it's because I don't work well with big groups. <laughs> that could be it. um but also part of it is like I have an entrepreneurial spirit. which doesn't mean that I always want to start things, but one thing about companies that are in the early stages is you get the opportunity to kind of dip your toes in everything. So I've done marketing, I've done development, I've done you know. Everything there is across the board, customer success. I've done kind of done it all. I've had those opportunities because I've been at you know smaller companies. If I was working for you know a Fortune 100 company or a big tech company, most of the time you don't get the ability to do that. And I'm just curious, right? I think if there's anything that probably describes me in the work that I want to do, it's I'm curious and you know going to work and knowing that today the task list is going to be you know check off 1 through 10 and tomorrow it's going to be 11 through 20 and then you know like i would get bored in about 2 weeks and i would have to find something else to do um and so i just know that spending you know 40 to 80 hours a week doing that just wouldn't be good for me and part of it is just opportunity you know like we live in Kentucky prior to this i lived in Nebraska um I have lived in Colorado and Texas and a few other places, but most of the places I've lived haven't had really big tech companies. And so the opportunities are kind of early or, you know, smaller sized companies. And so I've never had, you know, now we do so much remote working, the opportunities is probably there, but like I've never thought even entertained the idea of working for like a Google or Facebook because I wouldn't want to be in those places. And so, location does matter too.
1: That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a, a unique perspective. I I think, you know, even even though I've been around our team for a while, and I've I've you know met young guys who run their companies, I've read I've met really successful entrepreneurs in, in the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. It is it itself. It's just funny to hear that you know like, what you do really well, and you've chosen to to want to do that again. The, the whole checklist, day to day. Man, some people love. You tell me what to do, and I'm gonna crush it. Some people are like, "Man, I want to figure this out," and then you know I get bored once I do. So and again, just to continue what we've talked about, you've you've held consistent roles again in early stage companies, usually as their director of product. I'll be honest; I found that title on LinkedIn. It it was really easy. What the heck does that role entail? I, I, that's some of these terms that maybe if you're not a a developer, you you don't know what that means. But from your experience what has that role entailed and maybe what's the level of detail or skill that is needed to be in that role to help companies again, get from that zero to one stage?
0: Yeah, that's a, a good question. I actually have people ask me like, what's the, what does product mean? Cause when I say, you know, I'm in product, I think many people hear me say project, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm a project manager instead of a product manager um, or director of product. Um, I guess one way to say it is like, in in every business, it's different also. And so in some product roles, you'll be pretty heavily in the marketing side of things, and you'll do product marketing. Um, I typically lean, and currently definitely lean kind of on the technical product side. Um, But generally, when I think of product is, uh, you're the CEO of that product. So you need to be able to help the product go to market. You need to be able to understand the market that you're selling into, and then you need to be able to identify how that product, you know, solves the problem in that market. And then you need to take that knowledge and be able to take that knowledge and deliver the, the technology or, you know, the widget or whatever it is your, your product is be able to deliver that, um, to the market. So that entails bringing on the engineering team, um, bringing on the success team that you need in order to deliver it. And so, you know, someone once explained it to me as like the CEO of the, of, you know, the products that you're delivering. Now, director of product in larger organizations typically have many product owners underneath them or many Um, product managers. And so typically a product manager may have like one or two potentially products. And then the director kind of organizes all of those. But, you know, working at companies that are zero to one, I typically am the, you know, I have, even though I'm the product guy at companies, sometimes I'm the only product guy. Um, But, you know, right now we have a team of seven-ish when you count the engineers, which I work closely with.
1: You're so cool. <laughs> just wanted to say that. Uh, tell me this, from your experience as an entrepreneur, what have you found to be successful in building a customer base?
0: Um, building a customer base.
1: I know that's vague, but you've had a lot of experience. So like, I kind of just want you to roll with it and you know, share some wisdom.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think in today's world, my, my advice is probably just like, going to be flavored by like the most recent (laughs) problems that I have. Um, And so I have vivid charts, which I think about every day. Um, I also have a company uh, with a few partners called Keyframe Sports. And so it's a sports application. And, you know, I think about it a lot. And I think in both cases, the world is so noisy. So in both cases, I know we have a product that solves the problem that the markets that we go into are trying to solve. Um, but the world's so noisy. There's so many options out there um, that being able to be seen as like credible, especially as a startup, like, you know, if you're just three guys or in the case of keyframe, we're like four guys. Um, vivid charts were bigger, you know, we're 25 people, but um, you know, the ability to have customers see you um, having the expertise they need and not just another email in their inbox um, breaking through that or not just another channel on Twitter or Instagram or something that serves them another ad Um, trying to stand apart is really difficult. And so, you know, influencer marketing is really big nowadays, um, and partly the reason is because, you know, influencers gain all this like credibility for better or worse, but they gain all this credibility. And as a business, sometimes that's really hard. And that's why you see businesses reach out to these influencers and like kind of steal some of that,
1: that clout, that, so to speak. Yeah. The juice that they got. Yeah. That's good. One thing that I, uh, I didn't, I didn't plan to ask you because we we actually just spoke with, with Jason Myers pretty recently again another one of your comrades from the, the first boot camp but there there's a theme I've seen where people that have gone through this program again to come back to awesome Inc. you've continued to come back and you've taught I, I don't know off the top of my head if you've taught in the boot camp, but I know you have taught in a handful of the intro to web development courses that where you teach adults. Why the heck have you done that? Um I think my girlfriend asked that same question. <laughs> She's very insightful.
0: Yeah, because, um, you know, I do have to give up, you know, a couple nights a week to do that. I th- part of it is when I joined the boot camp, you know, I was a little bit older. Um, actually, Jason and I were kind of, you know, those people in the group at the time. Um, coming to it a little bit later in life, there have now been, you know, I've seen people much older than us, you know, go through it. And it's pretty awesome to see. But I share that because at that stage, I was like, can I do this? Um, and there was a lot of anxiety making a career change from dabbling in technology to say, okay, I'm making technology my career. One of the things going to boot camp was I, I still didn't know for sure, like if I could. And so intro actually evolved out of a little bit of that thinking of what do people need to know prior to going to boot camp? And how can we give them the ability to taste if it's for them without making the bootcamp commitment? And so, you know, over time, just having discussions with Nick Such that kind of evolved. And I just love it. So I started teaching the new class this week, um, the summer intro class. We have 11 people in there. We have everything from a high school student to someone who retired five years ago. And like the backgrounds in there are pretty varied. And it's fun to see everyone on the same level and they're all thinking the same thing. Is this a career I want to pursue? And it gives them a pretty low level commitment ability to test that out. Some people go through the intro, go right into camp. that, you know, that happened this last time. I think we have a, at least one, if not more. Um, some people get three weeks into intro and they're like, Oh yeah, this ain't for me. Thank goodness I did the intro. And so part of the reason why I do that is just, you know, wanting to help people get rid of some of the anxiety that I had um, and feel more confident going into the boot camp.
1: Right on, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that was more for me that I just was curious. It's it's cool to see a pattern. Again, I think I think every third boot camp someone comes back and teaches something. So it it's just cool to see that that started with the very first boot camp. So and selfishly I'll say like as a product
0: Manager or director of product, like I get to look at code, mm-hmm. but I don't actually spend you know ten hours a day programming. I love to program, um, but it not programming every day, you know I worry that my skills will go away. So teaching also helps me just stay sharp. Stay sharp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. C sharp actually. <laughs> um, so we'll wrap up here. I uh, I wanted to know if I don't know why I'm even asking this, but I kind of like it. If you had a dream venture startup of your own what would it be um
0: that's really interesting you know it would have to be in the health space um you know after i left retrofit i started this program online called happier and healthier you and the idea was to it's still out there you can go to it um happierandhealthieryou.com um i assume the website still works um, but the idea was to take these, I, these lessons I learned at retrofit just over time, working with people with fitness and health behaviors and putting it into a program. I would love, and some of the things that I've been like really passionate about since then, are mental health, I would love to create, um, and there's a ton of companies out there doing it now, but I would love to create some sort of monitoring program that, Allowed people to pursue their best self, be their awesomeness, right? Um, pursue awesome, I think is one of the laws here. But um, be their best self. Um the thing that has always stopped me from doing that, um, with the remote monitoring, the mental health and everything, is just the business models. It's really unclear to me how the business models work in that. However, um, I think that's changing the way that healthcare is distributed now. So maybe, you know, I'm still young. I got at least three to 10 more startups in my lifetime. So
1: that's awesome. I love hear that. So
0: one of them will, you know, be that ultimate startup.
1: Right on. That's super cool. Well, Gary, last uh, last thing, we try to sign off in a pretty consistent manner. What's a, What's a piece of advice that you'd want to give to fellow entrepreneurs or someone who has an idea and they just have not made the plunge yet? I would say uh,
0: that's a good question. I mean, the advice you want to say is like, just go do it. Um, That's not always the best advice for people. So I wouldn't say that. Um, But I would say don't give up on it. So just because today isn't the right time doesn't mean like in six months, you might not, you might have the opportunity where it is the right time. So just because today isn't the day to jump in head first, like don't don't let that idea disappear.
1: Good stuff. Well, Gary, appreciate the time. I don't know if Kevin has told you about the Awesomink Run Club, but every Friday we go out and run about a 5K. So I want you to show up at one.
0: I did not know about it. I might be there.
1: <laughs> thanks for the time. Yep, thanks. Well, that's it guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomink's Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community to provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.